you, and it's all been a great Sunday, and I believe that that's the case today. We've had a pretty awesome service so far, right? And I hope I hope that I can get this stuff out, because part of the, the struggle I have with vision is I get really excited about stuff, and I'll just start talking and, and um, not not always the clearest communicator in some areas so my prayer this morning is is that i can start to communicate clearly precisely what it is that we want to accomplish not only in 2024 but going forward uh, from this point like i said god's got us on the same path that he's had us on for the last few months and i believe that that's connected to the same path that the church has been on since it, it uh first came about in the 90s and so you know like i s- was talking about what changed last week and and uh, the idea that some things will be different but god is at the helm and we're moving forward and there are some things that will be the same so uh today i'm going to talk about really what is going to what i would consider more our short-term vision for like from now until December 31st some things that we want to accomplish this year as a family as a church as we move forward and then next week I'm going to we're going to get more into and long term really isn't the best term for it because I think we when we think long term because we live in a microwave society long term is like six months you know in our heads but maybe life term vision for the church or what we're going to move towards uh, as God works in this in this body of believers moving forward in the community and in in the state and in the country and around the world and the things that we want to accomplish as a family to impact the kingdom Uh, this morning I'm going to start and I I won't go through a whole lot of scriptures uh, today Mostly because this, I mean, Vision Sunday today and next week are more about um, getting the vision out so that you guys can hear it, so that you guys can understand what it is that God's put in my heart and my wife's heart as we move forward. And hopefully it, it catches hold of your heart and we can move forward in unity. We'll have scriptures next week. I'll have scripture today. Um, but Vision Sunday looks a little different. This isn't a normal sermon, although you probably hear me preach because it's just in me and it comes out. So, uh, but we're, the scripture that we're going to read this morning is in Habakkuk, and I and I think that if you uh, uh, know this this verse, then you would be shocked if I didn't use it on a Vision uh, Sunday. But it's it's Habakkuk, Habakkuk. I always used to say Habakkuk, and I can't get past that, but Habakkuk. Um, and uh, it's chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And I know a lot of that stuff sounds like it's contradictive and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, what really, what's really being, uh, I think, uh, communicated here is the fact that our timing and God's timing aren't the same. So what we see is tarrying, God's saying isn't, it's not tarrying at all, right? 
we're moving forward with something with God at his pace, not at ours. And why is that important? Because if we move forward in our pace, we're going to get ahead of him. We're going to make decisions that we're going to regret making, and we're going to have to backtrack, and it's going to take us longer to get there. I'm a guy, when I drive on the road, when I'm going someplace, guess what I don't do? Stop and ask directions, right? And I don't drive slow. But I don't stop. I don't really speed either. It's like this gray area. It's this thing. But anyway, moving, moving on, <laughs> I don't stop and ask directions. It's a trait that's in men. We can get ourselves from here to there. And my dad, the way that my dad and my grandpa talked and, you know, um, the way that my dad and my grandpa talked, I mean, they would tell you, east northeast south and west and south southwest and all that stuff just by looking at the sky and they'd be oh yeah it's over there southwest of here and i'd be like wait a second how do you know that southwest well that is southwest and i sure enough i'd get a compass out and check it and it was southwest how they did that i don't know that's not in me but i do have this innate thing inside of me that says that even though that directional thing's not in me i can get myself where i'm going and i don't need anybody's help thank god google came along because now i can still have my pride <laughs> and get to the place of the <laughs> where i need to be right <laughs> but this is, this is the reason why we don't want to get ahead of God. Because if we get ahead of God, if you make a wrong turn while you're driving and you get, like, turned around and you end up, what's the best way to get back to where you know you're on the right path? Like, I grew up learning that if you get off course somewhere, go back to the point that you know for sure that you were last in the right place and go forward from there. When we learned navigation in boot camp when I was in the military, they did the same thing. If you, you, you basically, you get to a point, you, you check your bearings, are you in the right place? If you're in the right place, you literally drive a stake in the ground and then you move on from there. Why? Because if you're off on the next one, then you come back to that stake and you start over, make the adjustment you need to make to get going again. Do you know how much time that wastes? to have to do that and if we're doing that with God as we move forward as a church body it's going to take us a very long time to get to where he needs us to be so rather than rushing off it doesn't mean that we're not going to put a stake in the ground when we're somewhere that we absolutely know he needs us to be but we're not going to rush off to the next point and we're going to go at his pace and you know what if his pace is rush off then we're rushing off Grab hold and hang on tight because we're going. But if his pace is slower than what we want it to be, example, growth in the church. If it's slower than what we want it to be, we don't push and fight and come up with all these gimmicks to try to make it happen sooner. Why? Because the people that will draw in will not stay. 
I, our pastor in Tulsa says this all the time. Whatever you use to get people in, you're going to have to continue to use to keep them. So we're not going to use gimmicks and all this other stuff that's out there. We have Sid's cookies, and that's, you know. <laughs> thankfully, we could, uh, you know, I, I could get a recipe from somebody else maybe, and we can attempt to do a better job. Not saying that we would, but, you know, but that's not a, in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's not a gimmick that we're using to get people in. That's just a benefit of being in this church, right? We're not going to get donuts and, and, you know, all this, the fanciest, most expensive coffee and all that kind of stuff to draw people in because later on we're going to have to keep doing that stuff if we're going to try to keep people there. We want people drawn here by the Holy Spirit. We want people drawn here by the presence that is in this place this morning. I mean, worship was, was phenomenal this morning. And who would have thought we could have great worship from a video on a screen as opposed to a live band up here? And, and you know, eventually we're going to move towards that stuff. But we just the presence of God came in this place. That's what we want drawing people in. It's not whether or not we have the latest, greatest technology, which we'll, we will use technology. It's not whether or not we have the best food in town, but we will have the best food in town. But those aren't the things that we want out there so that people come back. The Super Bowl party tonight is not going to be a representative, especially if we have conflicting like views on who should win. We don't want this to be the only representation of our church and how our church is. Because we know sports can get pretty intense. And if the Lions were playing in this like they should be playing in this game, then all you Chiefs fans could sit outside the front door while I watched the Lions beat them up. But they're not there. So you're safe this year. But you know what I'm saying? We want the representation that we want this church to bring forth is Jesus and him crucified and, and glorified and sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's what we want this church known for. And I told you I would get my preach on. So it's imp we know this, and we've heard this for years, that writing down your vision is, is a, 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 has major impact on your success in the future. And I read this study or part of this study that says that the research has shown that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if they are written down. That's a pretty massive increase. It's not a guarantee, obviously, but that's, I mean, think about it. If you're a baseball player and you're batting 420, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yes. And you, every pitcher in the league is going to find a way to pitch around you because you're, I mean, that's a good statistic. But yet we drill into our heads that if it's not 90%, be, mostly because school says 90% is an A, 80% is a B, I don't know what it is now, but 70% was a C, 60% was a D, and anything below that was failing. That's not how God works. Right? His success is way different than, than what the world has taught us in this. And writing your goals and intentions and priorities down helps to increase 
your clarity and focus, and that's what this week and next week are about. We want to have clarity in our focus. We want to move forward as a team together so that we can see God's will come forth. And you know what part, a big part of his will is? This community. This community impacted by the kingdom. And he's going to help us do that. 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions. That statistic right there shows me that we should slow down, work less hard, and be more focused on what God has for us. Because his 20% is most definitely where we want to be. Most of us try to run 100%, 100% of the time, and we end up not hitting our goals because we're pushing too hard in the wrong areas. We want to move forward at a pace that he has for us. Work with his 20%. Because think about this. His, in the Bible, it tells, him, tells us that his 10% his 10% that we give back to him provides for us 100%. That's some pretty crazy math, right? His 10% pr provides 100% for us in our needs financially, very specifically financially. So imagine what his 20% working towards a goal will accomplish for us in our lives when we focus on his 20%. We're going to see things in this church that haven't been around this church for a long time. I think we're already seeing it. And that is in no way, shape, or form taking anything away from Pastor Larry who came before. Not at all. We're going to build on it. We're going to go higher. I remember Brother Hagen talking about how disappointed he would be if people didn't take what he taught them when he was gone and go further with where start where he ended and go further than he could have ever gone. That's our goal in this church. So a part of our short-term vision, and I'm gonna, just going to run down some, some things real quick here uh, in the area of short-term vision, uh, or in, in this particular thing, it's really the building goals for this building right here and what we want to see within the next few months in the building. And a big thing was the chairs, but we know those are coming. They will be here hopefully on Wednesday, like they said. And we won't have any delays, and we'll pray that there are no delays in that so that we can get this portion of, of what we need to do to move forward. We can get it all wrapped up in a nice little bow and put it behind us and, and continue to move forward. So that's a, a thing. Um, the next thing that we've talked about, and I've talked about this for months, and uh, I think we just need to start moving forward on it. And we're going to do a backdrop back here, right? I'm going to have a thing that's six feet wide. It's going to go from floor to ceiling, and then we're going to go probably about yay high right here, and we're going to go all the way into the walls from there. And we'll be able to run these cords that are running along the floor and stuff will be able to run through that wall and be hidden behind it and we won't have to have all that stuff um, we will have it'll have a little shelf up here but the shelf is decorative it's not so that we can have more places to put more stuff <laughs> right <laughs> so um, 
I, I don't I don't want well we this is gonna so this is gonna be two two by four so this is gonna be three and a half uh, inches thick here and then here is gonna be uh, two by three so it'll be two and a half inches thick here and it's gonna give us a little depth it's really I, I like the design that that I drew up for it and and hopefully you guys will like it too but um, the it's not gonna cost nearly as much as I thought it would cost so we're gonna getting away um, fairly fairly inexpensively under 400 bucks right now and so we run into some issues which there are always issues when you're doing something it could end up costing a little bit more but I'm pretty confident that we can accomplish this under $500 to get the backdrop put in, right? And so um, that's a big thing coming forward. We're gonna f I'm gonna finish painting finally because I got all the boards in and for the the um, the molding on the uh, along the floor. So I'll get all that stuff painted. We may paint the walls in here too. I'm not 100% sure yet. I don't know if we want to get that far into a remodel project here um, but we're gonna we'll talk about that when the time comes but we're definitely gonna paint the boards that are what we call naked <laughs> they need some clothes <laughs> yes and we want to have all this stuff looking nice and so this will look nice and that those will look nice and and we'll move forward with all that I also um, you know I talked about for a long time that I wanted to get a high top table up here instead of having a pulpit here and then get a couple of chairs that we can set off to the side then that way if Darren and I are up here together doing something we can sit at the table and have the chairs and and have it just aesthetically and and functionality wise like I have too much stuff for a small little pulpit like this thank God we have this pulpit don't get me wrong but I, I need a little more room so those aren't very expensive so we'll probably have something like that so um, the chairs are coming next week and I've got timelines on this the building backdrop I want to get that at least get it started in the next couple of weeks um, and then finish painting in the next three weeks or so the high top table the next three weeks the bookcase that we want to do replace the bookcase out there and do something a little bit sturdier and, and nicer and maybe have a little more space on it uh, so we'll, we'll do that in the hopefully in the next three weeks. I also want to put floor lamps out in the corners of that room up there so that we can have like a, we could shut those lights off and have those on and have nice ambiance for, you know, for prayer, you know, because, you know, and we don't, we know that we don't need smoke and mirrors and lights and all that stuff to bring in the glory of God. But you do know that sometimes, um, aesthetics play a part in how quickly we can get connected in what it is that, that where we need to be and so I want to set things up so that if if we're in the mood for a, a a quiet peaceful homey feel to prayer or something on a night we just turn those on and turn the big lights off give our eyes a break from the insane brightness that we're around all the time so we're going to get that stuff, and that should be hopefully in the next three weeks or so. Um, we have a design for the sign out front, which I'm hoping in the next month we can have that done. Uh, it's going to be six feet wide, and however many feet it needs to be tall to make that look right at that size of six feet long. So it, 
it'll be I'll say this it'll be between four and six feet but I hopefully we can get six feet on that and then we'll put some posts out front we'll put that sign up and have it hanging out there and uh, and that way people will be able to see it and so we're hoping to be able to do that in the next month um, we want to do a wrap style uh, thing on the front door that will have the church name with the times for the services for Wednesday night prayer um, Sunday morning service Sunday morning prayer um, and stuff like that so the people I if they come here and the doors locked or people aren't here or whatever they can read on there what time everything is at and uh, we can get that done um, and then I want this two side windows that we currently have the banners on I would love to get those in a wrap as well that has the logo of the church on the side just to help people to be able to see it it'll look nice um, I, I've also talked to um, uh, I don't remember his name, but he works over pa with Pastor Dan over there at the church about potentially getting the outside of the building painted. Uh, we decided that that won't we won't revisit that until the spring because we really can't do much with it this time of year anyway. So we may do something like that as well. Um, and then the gutter in the back. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I mean, we don't come in and out that door, so you probably don't notice a whole lot. Um, but we've had a lot of rain and we've had very little come in that back door and all it took was a gigantic industrial sized gutter that's up there that diverts all the water to that end and goes down into the parking lot and runs out to the road and that's what it took I have to finish that up I got to put some end caps on it I got to put a downspout on it that isn't really a, a major priority because the way that it sits right now it's functional um, the only downside is that all the water comes shooting off the end of it <laughs> instead of coming down a downspout. So if that becomes an issue, that can move up the priority thing. And then uh, this next one is the one that I'm most excited for. I believe that in the next six to eight months that we need to start seriously looking for a new building, like regularly looking for a new building to meet in. Something that's going to be conducive to growth and the growth that God has put in our hearts to have in the church. You guys know we have parking limitations here. We're doing good right now, but if we're going to grow, we're going to have to have somebody out in the parking lot every Sunday making sure that we get people parked in places that aren't going to block the, the house there and, and we're not going to be in other people's business and make sure that we keep a good standing with the neighborhood around us by not overflowing their neighborhood with parking on Sundays. But we've got a little bit of space that we can work with. We're just going to have to be creative and, and very uh, specific about how we do that in the future as we grow. But we want a building that has parking, that not endless parking because that's a lot of maintenance, but parking that is available for everybody that we, we want to come that's gonna gonna be a part of the growth of this church it's a big deal right and so in the next six to eight months we're gonna push forward in that we may look at some stuff before then but I don't I, I just don't for me in my spirit it's not like a, a, a an urgent we need to get on this right now thing it's something that is I believe is going to begin at the begin at begin in the next few months for us to become a reality 
hopefully by the end of the year, but who knows? It, it may not be until next year, but I do know this, that God has given, a vision, given us a vision of growth, so guess what's going to happen? We're going to grow. We're going to. We have to because he's given us that vision. We're not going to do the gimmicks and stuff to make it happen, but he's in this place. We're going to grow. He's going to draw people in. He's going to be the one that's going to make it happen, right? And so that's kind of my checklist for what we want to accomplish over the, the next few months as we move forward with the building. I think, personally, that the way that we have things now is a lot better than how it was when we first got here, right? We have the fellowship area in the front. I know it's not perfect. I know it's not a ton of room. I know it's still concrete floor, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? That's the start. What do we not despise? The day of small beginnings. And you know, it, it kind of hurts my heart in a way to say that because I know this church has had bigger days. And it, and it hurts to know that it's starting again in the day of small beginnings. But that's okay. God has a purpose for this church. We can't, that's what I was talking about last week or two weeks ago. We can't look back at how things were in the glory days and keep looking back while we're trying to move forward. Because we're going to take forever to get there if God doesn't turn us into a pillar of salt first. <laughs> <laughs> well, well t it'll take us a long time to get there. So we're not looking back at that. But what I do want to do is make sure that you guys understand that we're honoring that history of the church. That where the church was before the tornado is only the beginning of where we want to get to moving forward. And when we can reset this, you know, recalibrating equipment is essential for it to have the right readings for what it's supposed to do. We're, we won't hit full recalibration for this church, I believe, until we get back to a semblance of where this church was. We can recalibrate things and how we're going to uh, have impact in the community. We're going to continue to have impact in the community. But there's something about the past in this church that's going to be very much a part of the presence and the future of this church. And we're going to see the real power of God move in this church. And you know what? It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look, uh, you know, God's going to save us if you throw us in this fiery furnace. But what did they go on to say? But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down to your way. Even if we stayed at 20 people for the next 10 years, we're not bowing down to the way the devil wants us to view things. We are not staying at 20 people for the next 10 years. But even if we did, we're still impacting this community. We're still going to accomplish what God has for us. So in the growth and outreach goals of the church moving forward, we want to be a church of significance, right? We don't want to be the church of significance. We want to pray other churches in alongside us in an area of significance in this community. 
But we don't want to be the church of significance. Why? Because the amount of pressure that puts on you, you start losing focus on God and start looking at the people and everything around you. Do you know Saul as a king was a person of significance? And everybody looked up to him to the point to where he started being more concerned about them than about what God was saying. But if you had leaders, multiple leaders of significance, then that wouldn't become an issue. We want multiple churches of significance in this community, but we want to be one of those. Why? Because I believe that what God has put in our hearts and what he's done for our lives will change the lives of people around us. I always, when I go into a a disaster to work in a disaster, I would always pray that God give me influence. Not because I want to run the show, but because if you don't sit in a position of influence, nobody's going to listen to you. It's just the truth. And trust me, I don't want to run the show when it comes to this stuff. There's too much to do to be the one running the show. But if we don't have influence and significance in this community, nobody's going to listen to us. So we're going to walk into that position because we want to see the kingdom on earth. We want to see heaven on earth. So moving forward, one of the big things that we're going to do is we're going to find, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but this church is going to be a tithing church. I'm not talking about you individual. I pray that God works in your heart to put you in a place where you believe in tithing as much as Darren and I do. But this church is going to be a tithing church, meaning that 10% of everything that comes into this church is going to go back out to the kingdom. We haven't been at that point right now because we've been navigating some stuff. And you know what? If you don't know the the behind-the-scenes stuff, just consider yourself fortunate because it gets really complicated. It's tough to navigate. But we're navigating it the best that we know how. And we're working together as a team. We had a a, a leadership team that was here when Darren and I stepped in that we had our last meeting in January and we made some great decisions and we moved forward in some things. And now we have a board of directors that are going to work together to direct the business side of the church and the finances and and make sure that we're staying on the up and up and that everything has redundancies and that there's accountability for how the finances go going forward. But we still have some stuff to work out. And so we haven't been able to jump on some stuff as quickly as we would have liked to. But it's there. It's my number one thing. Find a place for this church to tithe. Not just one place, but multiple places. Because we're going to be sure that 10% plus is going into the kingdom. And here's something that I learned years ago. We don't, we're not going to tithe as a church on what comes in. We're going to tithe as a church on what we need to come or desire to come in. So if we want to have $10,000 a month coming in, and trust me, we're not going to jump the gun and get to $10,000 before we, it's time. 
but we're going to tithe as though $10,000 a month is coming in before it ever comes in. Why? Because we are a church of faith. And we are going to see God do what he says he's going to do because we believe him and we take him at his word. See if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. You don't have room enough to store. In this building, it's not going to take long for us to not have room enough to store it. And we're going to get there. We're moving forward. The next thing that we're going to talk that I want that, that is a more of a a growth and outreach thing is I want I would love and I want to work towards doubling our attendance by the end of the year. That might seem like a tall order, but it's not tough for God, right? I mean, think about it. We're going to have 50 chairs. Typically on a Sunday, there's 20 of us. So we get up to 40. That's not a big deal. But here's one thing I want you to understand. We are not doubling the size of the church so that we have more income. Let's not get our hearts off into the worldly aspect of finances. We want to double the size of the church because we are about kingdom. Do you imagine if we had 20 people in here that don't know Jesus or didn't know Jesus a month ago? Man, who's got the most zeal in a church? The new believers. They're just, give it to them, I'll take it. Um, my kids are like that. Madeline or Emily just, just in the last couple weeks learned how to ride a two-wheeler. Guess who's got some major zeal for riding a bike right now? Not always the best wisdom. That's why I need to be out there to make sure she's not trying to do wheelies and jump stuff. She's got a helmet on, but she's got a lot of zeal because it's fresh and it's new. And you know what else happens? Because of that, she's got zeal coming into me to get my bike so that I can go ride with both of them. So when we have young believers in here with all that zeal that we can help guide and direct and have massive impact, it's going to build the rest of us up and build the zeal inside of us for what they're excited about, which I know what they're excited about because I was there. All I wanted to do was see people know Jesus. That's it. I wanted to learn and devour the Word and to learn how to tell other people about it and to experience the best that God had, not only for me, but for the people around me. To the point where I had friends that said, you know, I know that I helped you get to the point where you accepted Jesus, but you've gone a little too far with this. I honestly had a friend say that. And I looked at him and I said, you're honestly going to tell me that I can go too far with Jesus. You're worshiping the wrong Jesus. And thankfully, I never let that zeal get squashed under all that, that negative rhetoric that was coming back at me. We were on staff at a Christian youth organization in Mississippi, and we would sit around in circles and talk about all this stuff, and I would come at it from a word of faith, Pentecostal, charismatic viewpoint, and they would tell me, well, you know, that's just not how things really work. Didn't squash me. I kept the same thing. 
right? Nobody is going to change my beliefs on what God can and can't do in our lives. We want that zeal. We need that zeal. But we can't have that zeal if we don't grow in size with people coming in here that just have learned about Jesus or have just caught on fire again for Jesus and rededicated to Jesus. Because that's the whole center of everything that we do. Personal evangelism is a big part of us going forward. That's reaching the sphere of influence that we have with the people around us. Living up to the potential of that influence. Telling people about Jesus. And we don't have to do that in a way that, that turns everybody off to what we believe. We don't need to do that in a way that gets outside of what the Word says. Because we put our opinions in, mix our opinions in with, with the, the truth of the Word. But you know what we can do is that we can share our faith so that when something happens, like what happened this morning, if you need anything, who do we go to for prayer? Ding, ding, ding. Right there. Why? Because when she prays for people, stuff happens. <laughs> well, we'll let Miss Bell cast that out of you at the end of service. <laughs> but my point is, is you know that you're that you're the Miss Bell for somebody else. Live up to the sphere of influence that God has given you. And do what he's asked you to do. Community involvement. And I know that I'm past time, but just give me like 10 more minutes and I promise we can get through this. Community involvement. We want to help people in this community. How are we going to help them? By meeting them where, we are, where they are. Not by making them come where we are, but meeting them where they are. We want to see people's lives touched by the goodness of God. Why? What does the Bible say? For it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. And don't worry, ladies, you're included in that. It's a general humankind term. So to put it in terms for, that w for today, it brings men and women to repentance. The goodness of God. We want to meet people where they are and find ways to be good to them so that God sees the goodness of, of people see the goodness of God in their lives. We want to work with other existing ministries in town, people that are already doing things and they're very good at it and they already have budgets set up and and programs set up and find ways to come alongside them to enhance that, to grow that. We want to, I won't, this is on me a lot, but it's also on all of us to build strong relationships with other churches and pastors in the community. We've already, we're already off to a pretty good start for uh, Joplin Family Worship. Um, they're amazing people, and I've had great conversations with them, and they support us 100%. We want to continue to grow that in the community so that we're outside of that. We want to, the, one of the 
practical things that we're going to do coming forward this this spring is that we're going to have a a table at third thursday in downtown joplin and we're going to set up there and we're um right now we don't have really have an agenda other than to be there but i have these coffee cups that we had made up and if you hadn't seen those we had these made up with a new logo on it and we're going to put some stuff in that and hand those out to people and and just be available to talk to people to take take criticism from people and not get defensive to understand that people have been hurt by the church and they don't want anything to do with us and they'll take any moment they can to speak against what we're doing or trying to accomplish but we want to love them and we have an opportunity to do that kind of stuff when we're at third thursday so that will be one thing we're definitely going to do there's other stuff that's going to come up too for that kind of thing uh we're, we want to have monthly women's events there has already talked with miss chris about um planning stuff on a, a more regular basis for for uh women's events and and possibly doing monthly children's events to let not only the children know that we love them but to let the parents know that we love their kids and to let the parents know that we love them what better way to minister to people that don't come to the church than to have a children's event that parents have to bring their kids to so that they can see how much we care about them and their kids we're not going to try to push propaganda we're not going to try to to oh this is we're going to jump on this blah blah and we're going to pound this in no we're going to love people where they're at with all the mess of who they are and what they're going through you know why because i can promise you that every one of us has a mess that each one of us is has is learning to navigate with you we've all got baggage that we bring along and then uh i've talked to to joe kellogg about doing a um men's events here at the church that are specifically sponsored for the church here uh that he maybe his his uh men's stuff in baxter can come alongside of us and help us out uh to to do different stuff whether we have a cookout or events or whatever it is i don't know what kind of events happen here outside of a few things that we attended this last fall as a family um, but you know things that guys are into you know and what's the purpose of that uh, the purpose of that is to teach men to lead and support those around them which is real masculinity it's not this i lord over you and look at me how powerful and and bulked up i am it's about learning to lead and support the people around us and that's what we want to accomplish with that and then we want to like we're doing this month have a focus on relationships and we're not talking just marriage and dating relationships but interpersonal communication how do we communicate with people around us how do we maintain friendships be a a family and a church focused on relationship and 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 getting stronger at it and getting better at it on a regular basis and we also we want to build a youth program because we know that today's youth are tomorrow's leaders right and in some cases today's youth are becoming today's leaders because the older generation is failing and falling short in some areas and so the youth of today are stepping in 
with their youthful zeal, which we just talked about the good things, the youthful zeal, the downside is there's not a whole lot of wisdom that comes with it. Why? Because wisdom comes through years of experience. The amount of wisdom we have in this church is phenomenal. I mean, Miss Bell's, she's got, you know, enough wisdom for all of us, I think. And then you add that with everybody else, and we've got a lot of wisdom here. And I'll, I'll, the last thing that I'm going to state here, and we're going to finish up, is that, look, if you feel very strongly about something that I didn't talk about today that you think this church needs to be involved with, um, come talk to us. But just be ready because you know what I'm going to tell you? If you feel that strongly about it, I think God might be telling you to head something up like that. Do you know how, do you know how I know that? Because that's how he worked with me. He, there was, a, there was a, a time when I was, and I'll tell this story real quick. There, when, I, when I first started going to a Word of Faith church, when I got involved there and I got excited about God and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I started to see some amazing things happen in my life that God had put it on my heart that, that uh, this church needs a, a skate park, right? Because I was really heavy into skating at the time and I thought for sure, Man, if this church just had a skate park, man, the stuff we could do to reach youth. So much so that the director of the local Youth for Christ chapter in Kalamazoo, Michigan, spoke at our church, and God spoke to my heart and said, you need to talk to him. I went up to him after church, and I said, look, this might seem weird, but God just told me I needed to, to talk to you before you leave, and if I let you leave without talking to you, I'm going to miss out on something he has for me. And so the guy looked at me like I was kind of crazy. And he's like, well, when can you get together? So we set an appointment. I got together with him. We started talking about the vision that I had. Uh, I went to the youth pastor at the church there that I was going to and told him about it. And his, his response was, look, I'm glad that you have, you're excited about this. I'm glad this is on your heart, but it's not in our vision right now. But you're welcome to get involved with the youth. So you know what I did? Rather than getting offended because he didn't think my vision was as important as I thought it was, I got involved with the youth. I got involved with that youth organization with, with the guy there, even though that wasn't a part of their vision. Why? Because God didn't just connect me so I could accomplish all these great things. He connected me so that I could help others accomplish what he's called them to do. And you know, a year later, we changed. We had a transition from one youth pastor to another and you know what that new youth pastor came up to me and asked? He said, I know you, you're in construction. Could you build a skate park? <laughs> Could I build a skate park? Oh, it's on, like Donkey Kong. Let's do this thing. But how did that happen? It happened through faithfulness and listening to God and not getting offended when I had, in the world's eyes, had every right to get offended. What you're passionate about isn't what I'm passionate about. And that doesn't mean I don't care, but God hasn't put that passion in me. But if he's put it in you, then let's take what he's put in you and let's direct it in the right direction so that we can see it happen because I want you to fulfill your passions as much as I want to fulfill mine. Why? Because it's all about kingdom. Everything that we do 
going forward in this church is about kingdom. That is it. It's not about pride. It's not about opinion. It's not about anything other than expanding the kingdom. And if it doesn't line up with God and what he has for us and the word that he's given us, then we're probably not going to do it. Doesn't mean we won't make mistakes, that we won't need grace and forgiveness, but we are striving with everything in us as leaders of this church to move forward with God and the vision that he's given this church, not in the one that we think this church should have. So I hope you guys got something out of this portion of the vision. Next week, we're going to talk about more details on behind the, the scenes stuff and, and values and mission and, and vision statements, stuff like that that we're going to work out and, and present that stuff as well. So let's pray real quick. Father, I just thank you this morning for this service. God, I thank you that we have a heart, people here that are willing to stay 20 minutes to hear this. God, I thank you that we're a passionate group of people, that we have a desire to see heaven on earth manifested in every person around us. God, help us to keep focus on kingdom. Help us to keep focus on your will for us in our individual lives, as well as to strive to fulfill the word, the will that you have for this church body. Thank you, Lord, that we're family. And we know with family, things can get weird and crazy sometimes, but we're family and we always have been and we always will be. We thank you for that, God. We just thank you for tonight and the Super Bowl party. God, we just pray that people come and have a good time and that we can impact people and give people hope that might be a little bit down. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.